You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Do not take a chance of being stranded. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and get your battery tested. It's free of charge and one of the many services available if your battery needs to be replaced. The professional parts people will help you find the exact battery for your car or your truck. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices every day. Hey, I'm going to break some news right now. Are you ready? Yeah, hit me. I've told one of my kids, breaking news, I'm returning to school in the fall. Rex, How about great. that? Are you really? Hey, yeah. Great. Are you going to go? Over. Are you going back to UK? Yeah. I still got to declare a major. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do over two years. <laughs> Cracking. Welcome to the original Side Hustle, the Jim Rome Podcast. This is episode number 84 to be exact. And today we are joined by an old pal of mine, good friend of mine, former Mr. Basketball from Kentucky, proud member of that Wildcat Nation. He busted out early to become the first draft pick of the Charlotte Hornets, and then he went on to shoot the hell out of it and rattle rims in the dunk contest as a combo guard. My man is a legendary personality, a horse racing savant. He has been to hell and back. He has come out the other side. Today, he is doing great, and he is tearing it up as a social media phenom, among many other things. Ep 84 of the Jim Rome Podcast with Rex Chapman starts right now. This one is an all-timer. RCJR. My fucking guy. Brother. Rex, what's going on? How are you? Man, I'm great, JR. This, this seems like it's been forever, right? You know, it's been a minute or two, but I'm so glad we could do this and we can get caught up as we should properly. Listen, bring me up to date really quickly. Aside from being a social media sensation, what are you <laughs> up to these days? Man, I'm, in Kentucky, I'm living in Kentucky for the most part, doing Kentucky uh, basketball, UK basketball, uh, radio, TV stuff. I'm here around the program quite a bit. I'm doing uh, NBA TV um, during the basketball season and doing some speaking on the on the uh, drug opioid circuit. That's about it. Chasing chasing my kids around and uh, everything is great. Can't Good. complain. Good man, I'm glad to hear that. So, what's it like being back in Las Vegas? You know, as a member of yeah. the Wildcat family. Well, I mean, I've been back there with you. I know what it's like uh-huh. walking those streets with you. What's it like <laughs> to be back close to the fam? You know, it's great. I I think, you know, I think for a long, just growing up here in in Kentucky, people started recognizing me when I was about age 15. And I kind of got used to it, but I never really liked it. I I never really did. And I I think when I finished playing, I just kind of, I wanted to kind of run away from it and hide and that didn't lead me down a great path, you know, uh, for you, you knew for a long time, you know, I struggled with painkillers and, and all that people that knew me, it wasn't a, a secret, but I don't think people knew how bad it, it ultimately, ultimately became through all that. Um, I, I kind of realized, Hey, you know, <laughs> being that guy is okay. And, uh, so I had to kind of find myself again and, um, it took, it's taken some time. Uh, and I, I found it's, probably better for me to be recognized and out and about and isolate myself and hiding. 
You know, Rex, I really appreciate that. I can appreciate that answer. I can appreciate how candid you are with that response. You know, what's really interesting to me is I always thought, and, you know, you and I used to talk when you played, and then you and I became really, really good friends. After you stopped playing, I always saw you as this guy with this just crazy, crazy charisma, both on and off the floor. And those who knew you knew this as well. You've got this crazy intellect. You're super engaging. You're super interesting. But then again, you and I always liked each other a lot, and we had mutual passions. The fact of the matter is, it was hard, right? You kind of struggled with social anxiety. It was not always easy to be that guy and the center of attention. Yeah, and I, I think you hit it, uh, Jr. Uh, um, you know, I when I'm when I'm around people, uh, I do. I like to people that I know. It's the people that I don't know very well that I, you know, that I always sort of struggled and felt socially awkward with. You know, because I knew people, they just they they assumed they knew me from seeing me play basketball, and so they would come up, and if I didn't sort of show them the same enthusiasm they were showing me, I felt bad, and I I tried to do those things, but you know, I think the other part of that is I really enjoyed playing basketball, and when I was playing, you know, being out on that floor, if you don't own it and love every second of it, and you're not comfortable, you know, sort of being a clown out there and and being, you know, being serious out there at times and owning all that, then you're not going to play very long. I love that, and I think my sort of my athletic and team sort of enthusiasm could show through. That's really by myself, you know, just and you hanging out. I, you know, I'm not talking all the time and and the life of the party and all that, and so I think, you know, I'm I'm a bit more introverted. Uh, especially around people I don't know, and I struggled with that. I, at times, it made me feel phony. You know, if I went out in public and, you know, I was expected to kind of, uh, you know, entertain and, and do those things, and it, it was just uh, innate, innately, I don't always feel like being that way. Over time, I've had to kind of learn myself, and it's taken, gosh, you know, three rehab stints and counseling and blah 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 but uh you know i'm finally at a point i think you know and i'm still learning and all that but i'm i'm more comfortable with myself i guess than i have been in a long time it's great i think you sound great rex actually now aside Thanks, from bro. all that aside from all that rex like like yeah. any athlete i've seen this a million times like when you do one thing your entire life and it's your identity and it's your passion man this is what you're about this is what you get out of bed in the morning to do and you're used to that and everything that comes along with it you're the guy the camaraderie man you're just you're bred you're born to compete that's what you do and then all of a sudden that's over and you have to transition was that part of it hard for you that that's the main thing jim and you know i, I look back and I, I wasn't a party guy all my friends you know smoked weed and, and drank and all that from the time they were 13 this is kentucky come on um i didn't i just didn't you know my family everybody in my family drank growing up you know gambling on one side you know alcohol on the other and drugs and uh, so but i just didn't i stayed away from all that what i realized I was an addict. <laughs> it was basketball, and I, I was I was so one dimensional, man. I was built to be a basketball player, you know, sort of bred to be that way. And, and my dad was a coach, and you know, I looked up to him. And basketball was the only thing that was important to me. It was the only thing that I was really, you know, I really wasn't made to really 
hit the grade. You know, I got good grades, but I didn't really study that hard. I, I didn't take school very seriously. Um, so, but I, I was really one-dimensional, and I was that way, and I was a basketball addict. Uh, as you know, uh, my whole career in the summer, I was sort of a horses addict or a golf addict, but I've always had that kind of thing. And unfortunately, you know, when I finished playing, that addict just shifted because you got to, when, when you're not playing and all that, you know, you mourn. And I thought I was ready to quit playing, um, but then that's gone. And, and you don't realize you're getting ready to mourn your career of the loss of going down and being able to take out some frustration and anxiety every day running into people, right? You're not doing that anymore. You got to fill the void some way, and uh, man, it it it, I, I, it took me some a learning. Uh, I filled it the wrong way for for quite a while, and trying to make up for lost time. Rex, it's so hard. I mean, you are not the first, and you will not be the last. I cannot. I mean, how many people have said this? So many athletes have gone this. So many yeah. people in entertainment have gone through this. I mean, it's understandable. Listen, I want to double back to some of this, but as we're watching the NBA Finals right now, and yeah. because you know, you know a lot of people involved, I want to ask you first about Clay Thompson. And I start there because I want to ask you number one, how fucking cool is Clay Thompson generally, <laughs> and number two, what do you make of him busting on Aubrey after Game Two in the tunnel? He called him a bum ass. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Like, like, what was better, him saying, hey, Aubrey, see you in Oakland, or him calling yeah. him a bum-ass? I think it was all just brilliant. And, you know, if you know Clay, it just even a little bit, this is just, this is so on brand. It really is. You know, that dude is quietly maybe the funniest guy in the NBA. Right. He's just the same every single day. Uh, he really is the guy, you know, gives no fuck, right? He just doesn't. And to hear, to hear him, you know, and everybody reveres Drake. I like Drake. I got kids that love Drake and all that stuff. But I love him going at Drake. Absolutely love it. it exactly, Rex. He, I always thought Clay is like the funniest, funniest guy, but yeah. in a different way. Dude, he yeah. didn't even change expression. He's just like, bum ass. See no, you in Oakland, Aubrey. Funny, Dude, never mind, like, never mind Rex that he couldn't walk. He's just like, yo, <laughs> bum ass. He was doing it on a bad hammy. Right. Ice on his hammy, walking, you know, walking sideways. Love it. Love it. And that's why they're going to beat these guys. <laughs> All right. So you think it's going to be a long series? How do you think this plays yeah. out going forward? Man, it, it's so hard. Uh, you know, Stefan is my guy. He was born my rookie year. Uh, we've talked about this a million times, I know. But, uh, you know, when I was drafted by Charlotte, I was the first player drafted there, college player drafted, Dell Curry. Seth's dad, Seth's daddy, was uh, he was the first player selected in an expansion draft, and we were teammates there for you know my first four years, and he's one of my best friends. But Steph, they used to leave Steph with with me once or twice a month. I was nineteen or twenty. He'd, they'd bring him over in a bassinet. I would just hope he wouldn't shit all over the place, and I had to change a diaper, or <laughs> that, that he would be alive. I just hope he'd be alive when they came back pick him up well, that's one of my first little that is my first little nba buddy so i'm i'm biased uh, uh but stefan is fantastic he's gonna have to be even more fantastic if they're gonna win this series um but i think he's got it in him I, you know and a lot's gonna depend on the health and, and what happens going forward with kd with clay we know looney's out you know, they're up against it but don't discount him 
Man, I can't get enough of you telling stories about Steph. I, I love the fact that they, they entrusted you with Steph when yeah. you were 19 or 20. You're like, I just hope I don't kill the kid. I hope right. I don't have to change the kid. Hey, Rex, like you, you have a, a super critical eye for athletic ability and athletic talent. You've been an, an executive in the NBA. Like when you saw Steph growing up, were you close to I mean, Did you see him playing like AAU ball? What, what did you think of his athletic makeup and his game as he was coming up? You know, uh, I've told this story before, but um, when I finished playing, you know, it was 2000 or so, and around 2002, I want to say, I get my time mixed up. It was kind of hazy for me back then. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, I-, I had just finished playing, and Dell was still playing. He was still hanging on a year or two. Uh, he was done, and I had come uh, to Charlotte. I was scouting to watch UNC a kid play for UNCC but Stefan had a had a JV game he was a sophomore and he was playing JV basketball he had a JV game over at Charlotte Christian and Dale called me up asked if I wanted to go so I met him over there and went over there JV game Stefan's a sophomore not a varsity game he got in the last two minutes of the game the JV game the last two minutes of the game that was all he played and we left out of there and Dale said I you know what'd you think I said his feet are gigantic. His hands are gigantic. He's going to grow. You know, you could always tell he could shoot. But I'd be lying if I told you I thought he could even get a scholarship. I didn't. You know, we didn't. You know, if you take it serious and you can shoot it like that, you can probably play somewhere where if you're, ser- if you're serious about it. But you just never knew. Sonia is a great athlete. Stefan's mom, she's a great athlete. Fast. Stefan got some of that fast twitch from a lot of his best twists from Sonia Bell's, you know, slower-footed, could really shoot it, but not a great athlete. Stefan has just enough athleticism and balance and speed and fast twitch, quick twitch, and then, of course, he's got that stroke. The thing that people don't get, I think, that goes kind of unnoticed, Steph's a killer. He's an assassin. He lives for the big moment. Um, Again, I'm biased. But I've, I've watched this kid come up, and, man, you know, I, he's the kind of kid, young man you root for. Didn't have it. You know, he wasn't a McDonald's guy like me. He wasn't, didn't go to, you know, Kentucky. He wanted to. He wanted to go to Duke in the worst way. In fact, Dell called me when Stefan was uh, in high school. Stefan was dying to walk on at Duke. And Steph, uh, Dell, uh, Dell knew that Johnny Dawkins and I knew each other well. From years ago, I called up Johnny, asked him, talked to him about it. Johnny talked to Coach K. Basically, the answer was, no, we've got another guy. So that's when Stefan uh, ended up at Davidson. So it's just it's amazing uh, to see that how this has worked out. He didn't have it all growing up, and he's worked for all of it. Uh, you know, I know people get tired of the shimmy and all that stuff at times. Hey, do you, Stefan? I, I I couldn't be more proud. I love him like my son. Doesn't bother me at all. I, I, that does not bother me at all. I, I love the guy. I love the shimmy. I mean, do what you do. Do what you do. Like Rex. Yeah, I just hate. You know what I hate though? Tell I me. I just hate. I hate losing your mind and getting a technical uh, late in the game like a fucking idiot. That's what I. That's what I hate. Lost his mind, but God damn, he's really good, right? Hey, Rex, like really Dr- Draymond, maybe. I mean, but but Steph, that, yeah, that was really shocking. On, that that was really shocking. That could have been, yeah, that could have yeah, been really yeah. bad. Yep, but hey, 
look, it, again, it's an emotional game out there. We all lose our minds at times. But that was, that was a big one. He got, luckily, he got away with it. Yeah, he did. Hey, Rex, speaking of emotion, <laughs> let me ask you about one of your fellow members of the Wildcat family, the big fella, DeMarcus Cousins. When, when, when you Now, look, you, he's coming back from a couple of really significant injuries. Watching him in game one of this series, did he strike you as somebody who could be a factor in this series? No, uh, no. You know, he played eight lumbering, laboring minutes. Uh, looked bad. But you got to remember, Boogie doesn't have a sexy game. He didn't have a sexy game before he was hurt. He was obviously more mobile. He, he's still coming back. He's still bouncing back from that Achilles. I had an Achilles once, and it takes time, especially for a guy that, you know, he, luckily, too, his, his game's not built on explosion off the floor. Forget everything else. DeMarcus Cousins can play the game of basketball. And the thing that goes, I think, a little overlooked, he can really pass the basketball. He can put it on the floor. Offensively, he is a beautiful basketball player. He plays big and long defensively. He's a, he's a bad pick-and-roll defender. But he's starting to get it back. It's going to be really – I think it'll be interesting to see if he can duplicate that sort of effort and energy in back-to-back games, even though they have a couple days here in between. It's going to be really hard, but I can't tell you, Jim, can't tell you how happy I am for him. I was devastated when it looked like he was going to be out with a quad uh, after everything. And look, Boogie has his warts. We all do as people and as players. got to know this. Boogie has a big heart. He, he, he does a lot of good charity stuff. He's a young man growing up, and I couldn't be more proud of him today. It's summertime, so it's all good, right? Eh, wrong. There's something very annoying about the summer. Flies, insects, invading your home. So let me take a moment and thank my sponsors and my pals over at Dynatrap. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps, and now they've come up with a solution for indoor pests. It is the Dynatrap Flylight. The Dynatrap Flylight works day and night to attract and trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other annoying insects. I'm telling you, this thing works. Forget those disgusting fly strips. The Dynatrap Flylight looks like a subtle nightlight that plugs into any indoor outlet. Trust me, I've been using mine for a couple of days now. It works. It's insane how many bugs have been caught that otherwise would be flying around my home. I'm not kidding you, man. I hate insects and flies. Get yours at Dynatrap.com, D-Y-N-A-T-R-A-P.com. Enter the promo code ROAM. Receive 15% off any of their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent, and simple solution to household insect control. Remember, use my promo code ROAM and get 15% off any of their products. Rex, I've told the story, but it's one of my favorites, and the three of us have a little bit of history. Do you remember that night when you and I were out in Lexington, and we were just walking around late at one night, and you and I had run into an adult beverage or two, and there was this buzz that Boogie was down the street. That's right. And you said to me, Rex, you said, do you know him, JR? Do you want to talk to him? And I said, I don't know him personally. Sure, I'll talk to him. Keep in mind, you and I are a few in deep. Do you remember what happened next? Well, I remember, I do remember us, we ended up at a place downtown where, like, the, the ball players go, you know, after hours, right? I don't exactly remember uh, what happened, but I, I do remember this, baby. I can help you. I can help you remember because I do. So, you say to me, JR, 
if let me go check it out. Let me go check on the big fella. So you disappear for a few minutes down the street, and I'm just kind of hanging out. It was either it was you and me and KB or Rob Guthrie. Yeah. I don't remember which trip it was. And then sure enough, you come back, and here here you come at six four. Here comes Boogie at seven one, and me at five nine and a half. He leans into me, and he looks at me, and I repeat. He said this to me. He goes, "Man, you ain't so scary." And I looked at him. I said, hey, Boogie, fuck you, bro. That's how gone I was. And dude, he laughed. He gave me a big hug. Yeah, we hugged right. it out. It was so funny. It was great. Right. It was yeah, great. You know, that, and that's who he is. You know, he, he, he is a good young man. We all come up differently. He's from, you know, uh, you know Alabama and came here. He, he's been the same. I've, he's one guy that I've really pulled for, you know. Uh, he's gone through his stuff. He's had to learn. He's had to learn. Had to learn how to how how to be a good teammate. How to be a, a you know great player. They don't have to be leaders. They don't. You you would like that, but they got to be willing to follow somebody if they're not. And look at look at him right now. He's learning to follow Steve Kerr and Stefan and Clay and guys who've done it. He, I, I, we're seeing real real growth from him not only as a player but as a person right now. Right right in front of our eyes. And it's awesome. Yeah, and they needed him. They needed him. Yeah. He did what they needed yeah. him to do. And are going to need him to, to get this if, you know, especially if Clay can't come back. Now, Rex, let me ask you about uh, social media. Before we get into the social media <laughs> sensation that you've been, let me just start at the very top of your timeline on Twitter. You've got a pinned-up tweet right now that says, no babies allowed, the NBA in the 80s and 90s, and there's a video loop with a series of hard fouls, dude getting clotheslined and mugged and F-bombs flying, guys throwing haymakers, you know, all this usual suspects from back in the day, Bill Lane Beer and the like. What was it like to play back then? How physical was it? Because right now, as you know, you can't touch anybody. How physical was it then? It was awesome. It was awesome. I miss it. I, you know, I miss you know, I miss playing. We all miss playing when you could be in shape and you didn't have to worry about getting tired and you could run up and down. And it was there was nothing better. But that era we played in, come on, we were playing against Michael, and that dude's a freak of all freaks. The hands he had, he was playing a different game than anybody we've seen probably before, and and I think since. Um, so that was in and of itself. That was that was great. You know, and Clyde Drexler was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. He was not Michael Jordan, though. That, you know, Clyde had the misfortune of playing against uh, MJ forever. Um, but it was awesome. I was built for this league today. You know, 6'4", 180 pounds where you can't touch anybody, bring it up the floor, and they can't hand, t- hand check you and throw you back over in front of them and, and guard you twice and make you beat them two or three times because they're holding and grabbing. The game's more fun, probably, to watch now, maybe, I think. At least that's the feeling I get from, you know, younger people. And I do like watching it. It does drive me mad at times, all the threes. You know, I'll watch a playoff game or a finals game, and all this, before you know it, there's been seven straight possessions, and six of them are missed threes. And the other possession was a turnover where someone had a layup and they've thrown it out of bounds trying to get a three. So that part of it drives me nuts a little bit. Um, I'm hoping we find a balance at some point, but, hey, what a great game. I mean, it's, it's been great to me. And, you know, I, I, we all complain about stuff, but, come on, man, this is, a, this is a great game. Yeah, and by the way, that's coming from a guy who could shoot the three. That's coming from a guy who could shoot the three. 
Yeah, yeah. I, and look, I, back in the day, um, you know, I, I think I looked up stats. I didn't take a lot of threes, especially until uh, I got older. Um, the game had changed a little bit. You know, I had become a better shooter. I wasn't always a, a percentage-wise, I was good enough, but I wasn't a, a great percentage shooter. I could get hot and kind of kick them in at times. But, um, yeah, I remember, you know, look, if I saw the other night James Harden in a game, well, it was a couple months ago. He took 23, <laughs> 23 three-point attempts in a regular season game. Right. And – he took like 16 free throws. And if if anybody back in the day, especially my first seven, eight, nine years, if you took if you took nine threes, you better make seven or eight of them. You know, I, if I took five in a game for at least half of my career, that that was a lot. Right. So the game has changed that much. I mean, it's it's way geared towards. I was a mid range. I was a much better curl mid range guy, kind of floaters and runners. Uh, but the game has changed. It's it's wide open now. Look, I get that, and we all understand this. Life changes, the game changed, but, man, it was so physical. I mean, I just sat there. Yeah. I just watched that video. Literally, yeah. Rex, I mean, the clotheslines. Guys were walking up and literally punching each other in the face on the floor and looking at each other like, yeah, what? What are you going to do about that? Like, Yeah, like, and then you know what that was? That was like if, what it was was you might get ejected, but it might just be a $2,500 fine <laughs> and, you know, clean it up uh, and – let play on uh, some of that stuff, you know, like Lambeer and Rambus and those guys taking each other out. There were no ejections in those games. Right. That's the crazy part. Uh, <laughs> and I, I get, I do like that. Like as a fan, I like that. Um, I know the league doesn't want that. Uh, they don't want guys fighting and spilling up into the stands. And you know, anymore, if you if you ball your if you ball your fist up. And you look even look like you're going to throw something. You're getting a technical. Um, so if you swing at somebody, you better make it open hand. If you ball that fist up, you're going to get suspended if you throw a punch. Hey, look, I understand why they do that. I, I obviously understand why they do that now. I just can't believe what guys were allowed to do yeah. back then. Like Rex, what what is the best NBA fight you ever saw, either on or off a floor? You know, one of the best ones uh, uh, ever was we were. We were in practice. This was in Washington, and Bernard King, uh, and Bernard was trying to get waived from the Bullets. Uh, he had he'd been out all year long. He hadn't been around the team. He hadn't been showing up to go to the doctors. He was trying to get waived so he could double dip, get paid by Washington, go up and sign in Jersey. Well, we hadn't seen Bernard all season, and right after uh, Christmas, all. Uh, New Year's, Bernard shows up at practice proclaiming he's ready, fit, and not coming off the bench, telling Wes Unseld, I'm, st- I'm not coming off the bench behind Harvey Grant. Oh, by the way, BK had had a few, too, before he got there. Right. Uh, wow. So, so uh, he comes in, and he hasn't even been cleared by the doctors. Nothing. And so they're not letting him practice. No, uh-uh. He's grabbing the ball, and he's going to practice anyway. Wow. And he comes out, and he starts just throwing the ball all over the place, disrupting the drills, uh, walking up in line. You know, he'll participate in the drill, and then he'll walk. He was just trying to get Wes upset. 
Uh, and where they West would go to the GM and say, hey, we got to get Bernard out of here. It's just too much. So this thing goes on for about 15 minutes. Before I know it, Bernard has gotten up in Wes's face. Wes unfilled. Uh-oh. And, and Wes just snaps and reaches for Bernard. Harvey Grant jumps in the middle. Charles Jones, Purvis Ellis, and myself, we're all in the middle of the scrum. And Wes is going after Bernard. Rip grabs, rips his jersey off of him. And Bernard, the whole time, is going, I'm BK. I'm BK. <laughs> wow. And you can't. Uh, and he kept telling Wes, what? you gotta, you got to resort to fighting, Wes? You can't articulate what you're trying to say? Holy so shit. So it was just over the top. We never saw Bernard again. He got waved that night. <laughs> that is incredible. Right? It, it worked, I guess. Right, Rex? It worked. It worked. It worked. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That That is a tremendous story. Now, exactly. as I've mentioned a couple of times, Rex, you become a social media sensation with your Twitter <laughs> question, blocker charge. I mean, oh, it's pretty man. self-evident. So stupid. Oh, no, it's amazing. It's pretty self-evident. But for those who have not seen it, what is it and where did the idea come from? You know, man, it is so. It, it's sort of taken on a life of its own at this point. Um, shooting a pilot on a pretty on a really cool network for Blocker Charge coming up, getting ready to be a show. How about that? Wow, that's amazing. Wow, how about that's that? amazing. So stupid. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, I wish I could say it was – I wanted off of social media. I just really did. Uh, whole political stuff and all that. It's just toxic and divisive and all that, and I want it off. But, you know, there are people that employ us and me that kind of – Sort of a little bit of a social media thing now. I hate it, but you do. And uh, so, I, really and truly, I was watching a video months ago and saw a video of a guy paddle boarding in the ocean out into the ocean while a school of dolphins was coming in. And someone just had their camera out, caught it, and one of the dolphins jumped out of a wave. Cracked the guy right across the chest, knocked him off his paddleboard, paddle went flying, and I said to myself, really, in that moment, well, that's a fucking charge. <laughs> and, <laughs> and tweeted it, blocker charge, that's it. Nothing else to it. I'd love to say it. And it's not even clever. That's what, you know, I, I got to pride myself on not having the low-hanging fruit, right? You know, tell the, go around the joke. This is just, it's not clever. It's blocker charge and a few emojis. <laughs> right. So what was the reaction to the first one? What was that like? You know, I, people thought it was funny, I guess. You know, they thought it was funny. Like, and again, I wasn't, uh, you got to, at the time, you got to have a little bit of a basketball, uh, you know, understanding to even get what, you know, being asked. But it's not, at this point, it's just, America's funniest videos, right? <laughs> right. Come on. With a little basketball interpretation. Yeah, yeah, but by the way, how big is that show and how long has that show been on? It's it's funny yeah, thing, right. Rex. Like years so and years silly. and years ago, when our older son Jake was like maybe five, we got on that show because he was five. He loved the show. My makeup artist right. worked on that show. Do they still show that show in reruns? And every time it airs in a rerun, people hit me up on Twitter like, damn, Rome, look at you. Look at the family. So believe me, I that know. show works, and it's huge. I'm curious. When you started doing that, do you, did you track this? What was your follower count on Twitter before you started that, and what is it right now? You know, I don't know. Uh, I want to say, you know, I had, if, if we went back a year uh, or so, 
I'd say I probably had this time last year 75,000 followers, and it's probably close to 200,000 now, and that's mostly, you know, in the last six months or so, just a couple thousand a day, just uh, from the blocker charge. The funny, I think the good part about it is, look, some of it's over the top, kind of gore light. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You know, uh, I get people that complain, some of them that I put on, and you know, don't go, don't don't follow if you're easily offended for real. Don't. But what I found is that people that like boxing and MMA and football and football and soccer and you know the violent sports they love this stuff. You know who really loves it are the sportscasters and the newscasters and the former athletes, the former players that are kind of older players are kind of on social media from Dale Murphy to. You know, all the names that I, I, I'll get DMs from, all kind of, you know, Wayne Kiffin and, and all kinds of football people that I grew up, you know, watching and sports people. That's the really cool part about it. And then, you know, hey, it's just, it's just fun stuff. You can kind of look at it. If you like it, laugh at it, send it on. It's kind of fun. makes people laugh. Hey, Rex, what's it like? And you're a big sports fan, so I know you get a kick out of that. What's it like? Because to your point, I mean, social is so vitriolic, man. It's so yeah. angry. It's so bitter. And, yeah, a lot of us might not do it if we didn't need to do it for brand and for business. What was it like? And you wanted to get away from that. What was it like yeah. when it all flipped and then all of a sudden it's mostly, you know, not everybody loves it because not everybody likes the brand, but dude, mostly people love it and it's all love. What was that like when it flipped for you? You know, I I don't even know that I realized when it flipped. I, well, what I did like right away was that I didn't have to think of something all the time, something clever. You know, I didn't have Preach. to. It's just block or charge, man. <laughs> block or charge. And then Preach. I could throw in, you know, my basketball stuff, whatever I'm talking about or whatever's current. Um, so it really, I think it kind of took some pressure off of me, and especially with my brain that seems to run at about 110 miles an hour it just sort of made life a little bit more enjoyable a little less stress-filled dude i don't want to be this guy nobody likes this guy but did i or did i not tell you early on man you got to get on social you got to get on social rex you were so funny you got to get on you told me to get on i know you you were the one i said come on social media what is that it was like 10 years ago I said, you got to. It'll give you something to do, man. You're smart. You're smart. You're clever. People love you. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know that you would be co- – I knew you would do really well, but right. you've done beyond that. <laughs> Rex, it, bef- took some, it took some doing. Hey, I want to break some news right now. You ready? Yeah, hit me. I've told one of my kids, breaking news, I'm returning to school in the fall. Rex, How about great. that? Are you really? Hey, yeah. Great. Are you going to go – are you going back to UK? Yeah, I got – I got, uh, hey, I still got to declare a major. <laughs> I got a lot of work to do over two years. <laughs> How much work, over Rex? Two, over two years, but I think I may go into communication. Okay, man, I uh, like that. So how much? I am. I'm going to take a couple classes in the fall. Good for you, Start Rex. Why? I, I think that's great. I think it's great. What, what motivates you to do that? More than anything, my kids, uh, just. Three days ago, my youngest, my baby girl, Tyson, 18, just graduated high school. I've had one daughter that just graduated, Kaylee, just graduated college. Hmm. Uh, another one in high school, another one in college. And I needed to be a better. I haven't always been a great example, and I'm trying to be better. That's it. 
that's really it. Good for you, Rex. That's great. How's Zeke? Thanks, bro. Zeke's fantastic. He's in Lexington, living with me, 26 years old. Coaching Damn. high school basketball. Holy shit. Uh, here at, at Sayre High School, coaching the JV team. Everything's great, brother. Everything's great. Holy shit. How is Zeke 26? I know. It's amazing, right? He was just in high school the other day. We're talking about his high school games. I remember. I remember it. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Listen, Rex, before you go, when you when you you talked, we talked when you played, and then you come on the show, and then after you retired, we talked some more. And then I remember one time during one of our interviews, you said to me, JR, let me ask you about wing forward. Let me ask you about El Manuel. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, Rex knows more about my horses that I own <laughs> than I do. Rex, I know here's the thing I want to I want to say it's really important. I know you love the game. I know you mm-hmm. love the sport. I know you love the numbers. You probably like to gamble a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you love the animal, don't you? And not everybody in that business does. Yeah, I love those animals. You know, I just grow and growing up here, I started going to the races with my dad, sneaking off to the races. He would say, "Hey, don't tell your mom where we've been all day." Uh, so I, of course, started learning how to be a, an asshole at a very young age. <laughs> uh, right. And uh, could read the racing form before I could probably read a news newspaper. Um, but growing up around it being around trainers, being around the backside, you know, you start grow up. I, I look at horses when they walk by much the same as I do when I walk into a gym of, uh, a, an, an, a, 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 U gym. And I start looking at the athletes that are walking through. I look at these athletes and you can tell, you know, you can't always tell by the way a horse looks, but if you've got an eye, you can tell who can run and why they can run and how they're put together and I just love it. They're sweet, sweet animals. Um, you know, and people don't understand. Horses don't naturally want to run straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of training that goes on. And they go, they go through a lot. These are the, some of the most, if not the most amazing athletes on the planet. They're some of the most amazing athletes on the planet. I just love them to death. Hey, Rex, can you humor me before you go? Because like I said, I started this off by saying you've got an amazingly critical eye for judging athletic ability, and you just said it yourself. I, when I look at horses, it's like being in a gym and looking at AAU players. I've asked Mike Smith this, and because, you know, I miss our big horse still to this mm-hmm. day, shared belief. Yep. Yep. Can you, When you think about shared belief as an mm-hmm. athlete, like what do you remember about him? What made him different? Because he was the top-ranked thoroughbred in the world for a time. Yeah. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is something that Mike said uh, one time after being on his back, uh, he, and he hadn't become a he hadn't become a big name horse yet. We knew he was good, but we were still kind of hoping he was this good. I remember Mike got off of him one time, and uh, coming back to the winter circle, and he looked at you and I, and he we said, "What do you think?" He said, "Animals got perfect balance." He's got perfect balance. And listen, when someone says that, you have to listen as an athlete. Um, Damian Lillard has perfect balance. Um, Guys are different. Uh, Kimball Walker has perfect balance. LeBron James almost has perfect balance as an athlete. There are guys that are nimble. They can stumble. They can still catch up and dunk that thing or uh, stumble. uh, And with their athleticism and their balance, uh, intuition, they can make plays, and and that's what Shared Belief had. He was just such a and a gutsy horse. He he was hard to get to the bottom of too. You know, he could run forever at a high cruising speed. It was almost like 
you know, not like Zenyatta, but he could continue to climb and, and accelerate even as the race got long. Fun horse, man. I miss him too. Horse players and people who love that horse will love hearing that from you, Rex. So let me finally ask you, you're a bit, it's amazing. So you've got a TV show coming up and you're busy, busy, busy with things and you're reconnecting with people. You did mention that you're doing some public speaking and you're talking about your experience. What is your message? Who do you talk to? And generally, what is your message when you go out now? Oh, man. You know, I don't really like doing it, JR. I mean, I, I, I don't. It's painful. It's painful every time I do it. Uh, it brings up a lot of stuff. And I, But here's what I know. Uh, over the last five years, um, man, the NBA uh, family, Kentucky basketball, uh, JMI, Paul Archie here in town that runs the uh, uh, JMI, which is the media arm of UK, um, John Calipari, Rick Bettino, Danny Ainge, Michael Jordan, Robert Sarver, James Jones, the NBA family, guys like yourself, um, people that, that have allowed me to sort of recover with some grace. You know, um, I was down, down and out, and it's hard. And those op- opioids, they're, they're sneaky because you don't smell like weed. You don't smell like alcohol. You can kind of blend in, but you become more and more of a zombie the longer you're on those drugs. And it just kind of zaps the life away from you. And I know that for a long time on those, I thought things are never going to get better. I can't get off of them. And also, you don't want to admit to somebody that you need some help. Um, And as an athlete and someone who's proud and all that stuff, your pride gets in the way. And so it, I just try to deliver this message that, hey, reach out. You're going to go through some things. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. And there's going to be times that, you know, you, you feel like, you know, giving up. But you can make it through. And I know that when I was going through things, I, I clung to, uh, hung on to several things that, you know, a handful of people told me that just made sense, that helped me get to the next day. And, and I think that's what I'm just hoping to provide for somebody. Rex, I would imagine knowing you the way I know you that it's probably not your favorite thing to do, but it's such a good thing that you do that because there's no telling how many people are going through what you went through that needed to hear something like that from you right now like you need to hear it from somebody else back then, one of those few things you held on to. You know, on a personal note, Rex, I would say you and I, and I'll just say this for here, you and I haven't spoken in quite some time, Mm -hmm. but I knew, but I knew, I knew, and even though we didn't, and we don't need to get into why. And I just knew that you yep. and I could pick up the phone and either have this conversation here and we'll have our conversations later when we're together. Mm-hmm. It just didn't matter, man. Life's too short. Like love's love, right? Yeah, it is. And for you to say that, see, you, you may have known that I didn't, I, you know, I hope that I hope that on my end, you know, cause I'm not the one that, that messed up. Uh, or you're not the one that messed up. I am. So, you know, yes, I, I, I hoped that this day would be here. I really did, but it's taken a lot. And when I say that, like I said, people like yourself, you could have been, you could have been different about it. You could have not been this way about it. And you being this way about it and all love and all that, it, 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 it's grace. And you've allowed me this. So thanks, JR. 
RC, I love you, man. I always have. Thanks, bro. And I can't wait to see you soon. It is so... God, it was so good. Just so good to get caught up. I'm so glad we did that. We should have done that sooner. When you're out here in California, let's get together. I'm so glad you look great. You sound great. I know it's a battle every day, but it is for all of us, you know? Just so glad we got together, RC. You sound great, man. I really appreciate it. Say hi to Janet, Janet and the kids. Tell everybody I said hi. We'll catch up hopefully next month in L.A. You do it. You let me know. You let me know big time. I know you got TV shows and shit now, but you let me know when you get out here. I'll let you know when I can fit you in. Yeah, that's my guy. (laughs) Absolutely awesome. So, so great to run it back with my guy, Rex Chapman. My thanks to him for a heartfelt conversation. What an awesome conversation. By the way, this is why we do this podcast. I can't do that type of interview during our daily show. This is why we do this sort of thing. If you're not already, make sure you follow Rex on Twitter. Go to his feed, tell him how much you enjoyed this pod, and then be sure to stay there to watch all the block or charge videos that he's got posted. I guarantee it. You're going to love it. You're not going to regret it. Before you dip, Make sure to smash that subscribe button and leave a review on this podcast. I appreciate you doing so. And we're back at it next week with another old friend, Uriah Faber. But until then, here are your voicemails. First new message. Vance Mack, I'm here at Hoke Hospital. My wife is having our third child right now. I'm pacing the hallways, walking back and forth, stressing out. So I appreciate your uh, podcast, especially this Bill Hader podcast that's getting me through. I'm listening to that. Listen to the Pat Perez podcast. That's getting me through. I'm listening to Harvey Levin. That's getting me through. War I La Vista, Unwar Goleta, and War, uh, you being on my next uh, jury when you're on jury duty. Message saved. Next message. Romy, what's up, man? This is David from Buffalo calling in. Um, I was watching uh, the Memorial Tournament in Muirfield Village earlier today, and, uh, you know, Nicholas and, and Tiger, I guess, were sitting down after the round. They were talking, and they were saying, man, we've done a lot in golf, but our accomplishments are nothing compared to Rich Flores. Supposedly, Rich Flores has won more majors than Tiger and Jack. Message saved. Next message. Why do you keep taking calls from Liz and call shitty? I would rather hear Mona cough up a lung during her take than Liz reading a take in the shopping mall that she works at. Kook. Message deleted. Next message. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, on June 21st, over the TV airwaves of CBS Sports Net, over the radio waves from Hollywoodland via Irvine on the CBS Sports Radio Network, the smack-off number 25, numero 25, quadzilla, smack-off quadly, smack-off quarter century, smack-off Adam Silver, smack-off the ears anniversary, smack-off 25, brought to you by Jim Rome and your boy back in L.A. Message deleted. You have no more messages.